0: Hey, this is Ethan Skolnick for the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reason Sports Network. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel, not just for locker room videos and podcasts, but also we're now putting original shows on there. That's right. We have original people. Louis Sung has a new thing called... The Pulse of Finns Nation. He's taking your best tweets and Facebook comments and Instagram comments and putting them together on that show to mock you, basically. But it's all in good fun. Also, check out 5ReasonsSports.com. 5 Make sure you spell it out for all of the latest Miami sports commentary. We also got some culture stuff on there from some of our more cultured people, and, of course, the latest Miami Sports News, our podcast, and our videos. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Doral Toyota, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary. That's right, five zero. Been around a long time because they do a really good job. They've got below market prices on new and used vehicles. And here's the thing. Remember that? Five reason sports listeners get a dedicated manager to work with. That's right. A dedicated manager, not just some piddly salesperson. You will work with somebody who can really make a deal for you. So five reason sports, just mention it either on the phone or in the dealership and you'll get that benefit. They've got over 1,500 new and used cars to choose from. It's easy to get to right off of 826 and 836, a few blocks from international. National Mall, In-house financing available for all your credit challenges, so visit DoralToyota.com. Again, that's DoralToyota.com for more details, or visit the showroom at 9775, that's 9775 Northwest 12th Street in Doral. And now, today's episode.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, aka Al954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back with Alex Toledo. We're about an hour after the Miami Heat had what I viewed as one of the more impressive performances of the season. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks 105 to 89. Now we can talk about what's their best win of the year. Is it the two wins against Toronto? Is it the uh, the other win against Milwaukee without Jimmy Butler? Is it three and one against Philadelphia? Two and zero against. Indiana. They've had some really good wins this season and some really bad losses. We're not going to talk about Atlanta, Cleveland, Minnesota, and all the rest of that right now. Um, but the reason that I would put this one first, even though the, the Bucks were in the second night of a back-to-back, even though they looked a little bit tired today, even though they were talking in the locker room about how nobody's going to hit that many threes against us, even though they were respectful to the Heat. The reason is because the Heat competed defensively in a way we haven't seen from them, at, particularly at the end of games, in a long, long time. And and when you have Dwayne Wade commenting on Twitter that that's Miami Heat defense, it stuck out tonight. You didn't need to be an expert to know that they were making things difficult on Milwaukee. And if you're going to start with the defense, you got to start with a guy who left a lot to be desired on offense tonight, (laughs) which is Bam Adebayo. And, And we really need to look at him. And I think we need to view him in a different way. I mean, I'm tweeting Alex that If you're going to take over a team, if it's going to be you're going to be the face of the team, this needs to be a game you show up in. And when you looked at his offensive stats, you'd say he was a no show because until his last two baskets, he was what was he He ended up with the game uh, five of 15. So he was three of 13 until then. He had two cheapies at the end and he didn't want to take his jumper. They kept leaving him open for it. And it was frustrating to watch him on offense. But damn, did he defend. Right. And so I, I just think we have to change our calculus of what a franchise player is. Like Zoe would dominate games like that, defending in a different way, not out on the perimeter. But he would he would even games that Zoe didn't shoot the ball particularly well, didn't play particularly well on offense or look clunky on offense. How do you evaluate what Bam did tonight? And this formula that they seem to have, and you and I I think agree on this. Boston is the most difficult matchup for Miami and the East. Milwaukee, as good as they are. Miami has some answers for them. The biggest answer they have is Bam Adebayo. And, you know, funny enough, that Bam Adebayo is their
2: biggest defensive answer versus any opponent, but your point, your point stands, right? Like you could see when you watch these teams play each other that the Heat match up better with the Bucks than the other teams do. They match up better with the Bucs than they do with the Celtics just because the Celtics have so many guys that can beat you, that can exploit their bad defenders one-on-one. You can't really help off of guys too much because they will take advantage, whereas the Bucs, it's like – their formula, you already know, it's going to be Giannis getting to the paint, Middleton doing some stuff to help out, and the rest of the guys are going to be just shooting threes. So they said, you know, we're going to put Derrick Jones Jr. On, on Bam to start in the game, get keep Bam out of foul trouble, which worked because Bam only had, I think, one or two fouls heading into the fourth quarter. But um, Bam did a great job every time that he switched on to Giannis. I don't remember seeing him score on Giannis once and like Alf pointed out on Twitter I don't think he scored on Iguadala either who just had a I think that was easily the most impressed I've been with Iguadala since he got here just because of his defensive effort he was doing so much on Giannis and, and on other guys as well but Bam oh my God he is just getting better and better every game even with the fact that he couldn't really get into anything on offense I still give him an A for this game I think he was that good defensively he looked like a defensive player of the year candidate when he was on Giannis when he wasn't on Giannis and like, I think that him scoring, his scoring uh, being troubling this game was always going to happen. I think the Bucks are the best defense in the league, and they have Giannis and Lopez there in the front court. So I I knew it was going to be tough for Bam, but I'm going to give them an A for this game. They really played their hard outs uh, on
0: defense, and we really didn't know if they
2: still had that gear in them, and it looks like they still can turn it up there.
0: Well, I mean, you look at Bucks numbers, right? Seven of 34 from three. Um, I mean, look, the, you know, the Bucks were they actually shot 50 percent from two, uh, but they got 19 free throw attempts, about the same as the Heat did. But if you look at the rest of the stat sheet again, it just comes down to the fact that the Bucks didn't make any outside shots and the Heat did. Um, and that's why the Bucs were praising the Heat in the locker room, but also saying, and we've talked about the Bucs' strategy. The Bucs' strategy is the same as the Raptors' strategy. Pack the paint, force teams to beat you from outside. It has worked against most teams. The Bucks said most teams aren't going to make that many threes. The question is, can the Heat make this many threes in a series against Milwaukee if they see Milwaukee in the second round? And I keep comparing this run that the Heat are on and this team, even though they're already going to surpass them in wins, because the people forget the 0304 team only won 42 games. Okay, they got the four seed with 42 wins. They were 42 and 40. <laughs> they needed a late run to get to wow, 42. the East was even worse. East, well, you know what it was? There were five or six teams that were packed up at the very end between the four and nine spots and to the point that Eric Spelcher's told this story that because he was a video coordinator, they didn't know who to who to, who to mock up in the videos. They had like four different potential opponents. They
2: said the same thing in 2016. They Remember says, when it was the Heat ended up with a tiebreaker? Well,
0: Eric kept comparing it to 03-04 and what he had to do with and what he was having Eric Glass do in, in 15 16. So they, they were in that position where they didn't know who they were going to face. But this feels similar to me, other than the record. The Heat have already won 39 games, same as last season. Uh, they've got 21 games left to go. So, I mean, oh, excuse me, 19 games left to go. So they get some time to make up there. And they're going to win some more of those. But I think when you look at where they're at, I think we're looking at a very competitive first round series, similar to what they had against New Orleans uh, with R- Dwayne Wade, Karan Butler playing a role in that series. Young players, right? Dwayne in his first series. We'll see if Tyler Harrow gets back. And then a a second-round game opponent that looked dominant and that year it was indiana it was jermaine o'neal it was ron artest it was reggie miller it's a really really good team probably wouldn't won a championship if not for the malice in the palace the next year and the heat took that team to six games and had a chance to win game six on their home floor and heat fans of course remember stan van Gundy's decision to put Dwayne wade on the bench and put ray for out there this feels similar to me like we could be headed for a second round series against the bucks team which will be much more competitive, I think, than the national media may think it would be. And so I want to get to some other things with you here, Alex, because I think what happened tonight is what he has to happen. Are the Heat going to make 18 of 37 threes all the time? No.
2: Will the Heat, I mean, will the Bucks hit more than seven?
0: Probably. But let's go through some of the shooters tonight, right? Because, okay, Jay Crowder, I mean, the regression to the mean, it will happen on a shot, like the two air balls tonight that looked really bad. But he was 5 of 9 from 3. Dragic, who I thought was terrific in the second half after a slow start. 3 of 7 from 3. Olenek, another guy we got to talk about. Uh, He looked fantastic tonight. Again, uh, 3 of 3. Only played 11 minutes, uh, but I thought made a huge impact in his minutes. Okay, Duncan Robinson had three more threes. 3 of 7. Kendrick Nunn, 2 of 5. I mean, the only guy – I mean, Jimmy even made one at the end of the game. But the only guy uh, who didn't make his threes uh, tonight was was Derek Jones Jr. Is this kind of shooting – Sustainable. I mean, they don't have Myers, Leonard, and Tyler Hero right now, and those are two of their best shooters. I do think it's sustainable. I think because of what you just said, I think they're going to have Hero and Myers out there whenever they're healthy
2: again, which will just supplant what they have already. And I think because of what you mentioned earlier that the Bucks give up so many threes, I knew that the, between the, the how many threes the Bucks give up, which is top three in the league by the way, despite them being a top three defense, uh, and the Heat being just you know shooting lights out at home all season, I knew this was going to happen, but. What I didn't know was that it would be such a big gap because the Bucs have been such a good shooting team. Their starting lineup and their bench filled with shooters, and so them hitting seven threes, I think, compared to the Heat's 18, is really the story of the game, because that's really what's going to have to hold up during the series. Because I just think it's going to be really hard. Like like we mentioned that it's a good matchup, yeah. but I would really not have any confidence picking the Heat over the Bucks, even in their best case scenario, just because I think they would have to reach another level on offense and defense. Which I think their defense can be better, but their offense, like, can it be better than the regular season offense? I don't believe that at all, because what they do is get to the free throw line, and that's what the bucks stop. They right. stop, drives to the paint, and they stop free throw attempts. They, they're elite at both of those things, and the Heat really thrive off of that. That's Jimmy's game. Uh, Bam is also really good at getting to the free throw line, and he's obviously good in the paint, and I think that's why I would really have trouble picking them over the Bucks, but you just got to be happy, right? Like, coming out and and winning these three games after three bad losses. And now you look at the standings, okay. they're two ahead of the Pacers, two ahead of the Sixers, three behind Boston, Sixers three and play, a half.
0: Sixers play the Lakers on Tuesday night, too.
2: Mm, and, and three and a half behind uh, Toronto. So they're almost – they're basically ahead of the Sixers and Pacers by almost as much as they're behind
0: the Celtics and the Raptors. So they're firmly in the middle, and it's just about – where they go from here? Well, I, I think they're gonna end up where they are. Honestly, I do. I, I, I think this would be a different conversation. If you close the Cleveland game, if you close the Atlanta game, if you close uh, the Minnesota game, if they—funny, D'Angelo Russell tweeted today uh, that basically the Heat defense put the clamps on. I'm like, well, if they done it against you guys in Minnesota, this would look a little bit different. I think they're going to end up in the four. I, I do, but can they make a run for the three? Possibly. I just the way the Tatum's playing right now, I think it's going to be really challenging. Um, we're going to go to break and and come back here because I want to talk to you a little about the free throw shooting, particularly about Jimmy, because I think the point you made is accurate and why this would be a challenging matchup for Jimmy. Although I, I liked his game today. I, th- I thought he did what he could under the circumstances. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. That's right, Cervani Men's Custom Clothier takes care of your issues. If it's, sh- it's frustrating to shop for dress clothes or you can't find the right fit, color, or style, feel like you never know what to wear or how. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat. How to wear it. I've been wearing Cervantes clothes now for about a month after private consultation with Blanca over at Cervantes Men's Custom Clothier in South Miami. Her private showroom is located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. You all know I don't really go to South Dade very often. She got me to go to South Dade. It was worth the trip because she's been designing and Cervani has been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. So schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Again, they've got all kinds of different options depending on how much you want to buy. You just want to get that one suit that you can wear all the time. Talk to Blanca. Don't don't go to, I don't know, maybe a future sponsor of ours, but don't go to Joseph A. Bank. Go to Blanca. Make sure the thing fits. You don't look ridiculous. 305-310-2085. 305-310-2085. Nothing fits like custom tailored clothes, so stop buying off the rack. All right, Alex mentioned this. Jimmy Butler tonight, um, 18 points, Six rebounds, seven assists, plus 14, 35 minutes. Looked like, to me, what may be a pretty standard playoff line against a team like the Bucks, And the reason for it, he shot 50% from the floor tonight, but he was only three of four from the line. So a guy who's been averaging eight, nine, ten free throws a game only got to the line four times. I think when you talk to Bucks players afterwards, they basically said, you know, we felt like we did a pretty de- decent job on them defensively. Like, look, even when the Heat's... Threes, 18 threes. They only scored 105. But that wasn't the problem tonight. It was on the other end. And so I liked Jimmy's game. But you mentioned a couple other guys that I want to mention here, too. Um, Kendrick Nunn, we've talked a lot about him providing other things. He had eight defensive rebounds tonight. <laughs> wow. Right? I mean, that, that kind of went under the radar a little bit. Um, I mentioned Jimmy's seven assists. Uh, I thought Dragic had a strong second half. But two guys in particular, and obviously Crowder, some of this is anomalous, but two guys in particular uh, that we need to focus on, Iguadala and Olenek. Um, We are starting to see a chemistry between Olenek and Crowder come back, the three years they played together in Boston. I think that was sort of underestimated how good they looked together. But Iggy's starting to look good with them too, and there was a sequence tonight that to me looked like Finals MVP, it looked like 2014 to 2016 Iguodala. He only played 13 minutes, but I felt his impact was more than that. How close is he? I mean, this is the kind of game they got him for. How close is he to what we expected?
2: I mean, tonight we really saw exactly what you expected from Iguodala once that trade was made, right? Like, I think that was honestly the best we've seen him I think ever since he's gotten over here, even if he wasn't making threes like he did in a couple of those games where he hit three or three threes or whatever, I I was just it was jaw dropping seeing when he could really turn it on on defense. What he could still do, he looked awesome out there, same as Bam, same as Bam when he was guarding Giannis and when he wasn't guarding Giannis. I thought like, he's still very strong, which makes it hard for guys to post up on him if they get a switch or or a mismatch. I think. The one place where he's kinda of susceptible is one on one versus speedier guys. But other than that, it's like versus Giannis, uh, he's somebody that you could definitely throw onto him. Like maybe even second behind Bam. I think I would put it I would put him to guard Giannis before I did Jimmy, right? Maybe Iguodala or Derek is a second guy that you put on Bam. But Iguodala is a lot stronger than Derek Jones Jr. And Iguodala has great hands defensively. He's really good at getting into the passing lanes. But even more than that, he's awesome at timing players' dribbles and figuring out when to swipe. And I think that's huge for Giannis because Giannis isn't the greatest ball handler. You know, the dribble is going to be up high because he's seven feet tall. So I think Iguodala makes a lot of sense there as a second or third guy. And they just have a few guys they can throw at him, right? And, and it's not to shut him down one-on-one, but... You have these guys guarding one-on-one, and then once he gets into the paint, you have the help defenders dig in, and I think that's the Heat's game plan. It's not to completely leave the shooters wide open, but don't let Giannis get to the rim. And I think, other than a few different times where Giannis just got whatever he want, getting a full head of steam going to the rim, they did a great job on him. They did an absolutely great job.
0: Well, they did a great job on him, but they also did a great job on Middleton, and that shouldn't be diminished considering how well Chris Middleton's played this year and all the bodies they threw at him, and he was 4 of 16 and 2 of 10 from 3. Playoff, Middleton. Right. Well, don't tell him. Conference Nick, finals, Don't, don't be fair. Don't tell Nikias that. All right, one more guy I want to touch on before I get to a more general topic to close. Kelly Olenek uh, tonight played only 11 minutes, had 11 points, 3 of 4, including 3 of 3 uh, from 3. And they he had 5 fouls, or he probably would have played more. But they again ran offense through him. And the comfort level is there. I think we have a big enough sample size now. This is a couple of weeks as he's gotten comfortable with these guys. Like, this is the Kelly Olenek I'm expecting to see the rest of the season. That changes the equation for them a lot. I'm curious what you think. Now, we've we've looked at Myers Leonard, and he he's not walking around real quick right now. Um, he does not look like he's anywhere close to coming back.
2: Hold on. Just to give you an update, I heard him uh, – Talking about it, and he said that he's gonna give it a couple more days, and they're gonna kind of get reevaluated again. So
0: I don't know how long that means. I don't. But he's not even moving well. Like at least Hero, when we've seen him, he's been on the court a little bit. He like might just taking a little bit long with the walk for sure. Yeah. So so I don't know when he comes back. So right now they've been going with Derek Jones Jr. as a starter. Do you is in your view is Derek? I mean, they're playing small and they're getting away with it. In your view, when Leonard comes back, does he just replace Derek Jones Jr. and Alinux stays as the five on the second team? Is that is that where we're headed?
2: I think it is. I think that was even happening earlier in the season. Like I think that was what Spo wanted to do is have two shooting bigs. I think that was a big reason why they were okay with downgrading from Hassan to Myers, other than obviously you're getting Jimmy Butler in that trade this summer, but I think they were okay like getting Myers because they wanted to have two shooting bigs that you can constantly play there. Uh, whenever Jimmy's on the floor. You can have you can run offense through Kelly off of the bench, and I think that was what they imagined for him this season, for him to really be a nice little secondary facilitator in the bench lineup. He hasn't been that. He's been a stretch four, and he's hit a high rate from three, but he hasn't looked that effective on either end of the floor when he's not shooting threes, and I think that's completely changed. He looks completely confident. Uh, he's letting it go when he gets the open shot. Uh, he's moving out there very well, anticipating defenses and what they're going to do and, you know, making the right pass. And I think that's what they need out of him to be able to run a little bit of offense. I think that bench lineup is going to be really lethal whenever Tyler Hero does get back because they keep running that lineup of Goron, Kelly, Crowder, Iguodala, and then they have either Duncan or Kendrick Nunnan to pretty much replace what Hero's minutes would be in that lineup. And I think that lineup is going to be awesome for them. It's going to be a very good change of pace from the starting lineup which is why I think Myers will slot right back in there because of how successful it was. It, it allows Bam to not have to always guard the big. And I just think Derek Jones Jr. is an awkward fit in that starting lineup uh, because of the offensive issues there. I think he makes more sense as a bench guy. But now, with Kelly playing this good, what happens to Derek? Like, you might have, you know, you, you we've been talking about this. He might get squeezed out. But it, it seems like Spoel really likes him and wants to keep playing him, and, and he's gonna just get creative to find ways to play him.
0: Yeah, I don't. I just don't think that they're gonna play more than nine in the playoffs. I, I it's never been Spoelstra's mo to play ten, even when he's had ten. Remember when Mike Miller was their tenth guy? Couldn't get on the floor, and a healthy Mike Miller at that. So I, I think we're looking. I mean, right now he's playing nine. Like this is his it comfort level. It happened to too. It happened to Shane, right? I, so I think you, you know, you, they're they're in a comfort level with nine. If Hero and Leonard are coming back. I mean, to me, it's a guarantee one guy's losing a spot and it may be two and, and it's going to be dependent on the night. It's not going to be Dragic. It's not going to be Crowder at this. Crowder played 30 minutes tonight. It's not going to be Crowder and, and made five threes um, and scored 18. I mean, led the team in scoring along with Jimmy. So it's not going to be him. It's, I mean, Kendrick played 33 minutes tonight. It's not going to be him. So it, it's got to be Derek. I mean, Derek is the guy. I mean, if you look at the low minutes tonight, the lowest minutes of the nine rotation players was Kelly at 11, but again there was there was foul trouble there. Uh, Igudala played 13 and Derek played 18. I think Derek is the guy who loses minutes, and and I you know again I I'm not totally convinced either that Leonard gets his full share of minutes when he comes back. I do think there's great value to him, but I also think that it's it, gonna be the first and third. It might be, or it might be that Jay Crowder moves into the starting lineup at some point for Derek, and Alinek becomes the backup five, and Myers' minutes are squeezed. I wouldn't be stunned. I, wow. I wouldn't be stunned. It's, it's just it's supposed on it before. I don't think it's necessarily deserving, but let's see how Myers looks when he comes back. Again, I think this is going to be a little bit longer. We're talking another two, three weeks, and they've developed a rhythm with other guys, yeah. and it's challenging to kind of work a guy in. I mean, yeah, this, right. this is an organization that struggled to work Zoe back in. All right, in 2000, 2001, after ZO missed 69 games and came back, and they were 8-5 and five in the last – I mean, trust me, I remember – why do I remember all this stuff? They were 8-5 and five at the end of the season, and Anthony Mason completely checked out because he'd been an all-star that year, and then everything went back to ZO. All right, last thing before we close here. RIP. RIP? Yes, RIP. Um, yeah, there's a few RIPs with the Heat, actually. Um, let's go to the big picture. 30 seconds or less. If the Heat – Win a first-round series and lose to this Milwaukee team in five or six games. Is this a successful season?
2: Yes. Like You don't even need to give me a minute on that. I, I had them coming in as a second-round team this year, and I think we both had some fears that they could get eliminated in the first round. So I think getting to the second round, seeing them eliminate somebody, I think b- between that, like those are my expectations coming in. So between that and the fact that you have Bam, Hero, Duncan, and Kendrick Nunn all way ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with it, and now you're going to have flexibility flexibility over the next uh, couple of summers with your cap. So I'm it's a successful season for sure, especially if you can be competitive versus the Bucks. Really show Giannis, you know, try to sell him on how good this team is, and every along with everything else that that he can offer.
0: Yeah, I know. I think so too. And we've bounced around on this a lot this year. Again, the, their over under for wins on this season was 43. They're at 39,
2: and that's assuming also. Quick interruption. That's assuming that basically they eliminate the Sixers. So that's to right. be a super successful team right. because they were expected to be in the conference finals at the very least before the season started.
0: Yeah, it might feel a little different if it's Indiana, maybe. But but I'm with you. I, if if it's a Sixers for sure, uh, and again that that comes down to health and and Embiid and Simmons and where they stand. All right, and well, Indiana's a good team. They are sure. they are a good too, but they struggle a little lately. But we'll see they they seem to have righted the ship. All right, Orlando here on Wednesday. Uh, again, check out the website, five check out the YouTube channel. Also check out our great sponsor, Seltzer Mayburg Law Firm. One call legal.com O N E call legal.com for all your legal needs, based right there in North Miami. Handle cases from all over the state and open twenty four hours on the website to handle just about anything and get your case started. Thanks for joining us three times today. Three times today. Check out all the podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. You'll get the episodes automatically.
1: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.